For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. Three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. He comes to us from the UK. His name is Howard Soons. He's a prolific author, but we're going to talk about a podcast that he is uh, the head of right now. It's it's out available on iTunes and all other podcasts. The title of that podcast is Unheard, the Fred and Rose West Tapes, and it's a very disturbing subject matter, so I would suggest anybody who's listening to this, don't listen to this in the presence of uh, young children or anything like that. Um, he's written many books. His book about Fred West and his wife Rose is titled Fred and Rose, the full story of Fred and Rose West in the Glester House of Horrors. He also has uh, books on um, important cultural figures. The title of some of these books, uh, one is The Life of Lou Reed, Notes from the Velvet Underground. Another is Charles Bukowski, Locked in the Arms of a Crazy Life. Another book that I'd like to read is 27, A History of the 27 Club, Through the Lives of Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, and Amy Winehouse. And he's also done Down the Highway, The Life of Bob Dylan. So he's done 10 books total. Those are just a few of the titles. I've listened to all of the available episodes of the Fred and Rose West tapes, uh, six episodes so far. And it's a very fascinating first-person investigation into this dreadful and horrifying uh, serial killings that happened in the UK. And he has first-person recordings from that time, but he can talk more in more detail about that. Howard Soons, are you there? Yeah, hi, William. Hi, great, awesome. Thanks you so much for the uh, agreeing to the interview. It's a very disturbing topic. For people who don't know your name here in the States, perhaps, could you talk a little bit about your background and then how you became uh, interested and associated with this case of Fred West? Well, I was a newspaper reporter uh, in London in Fleet Street. Uh, so that's the, that's the national press of the UK. Um, for 10 years or so. And then in 1994, when I was 29 years old, when I was a general news reporter for a paper here called the Sunday Mirror, which is a, a tabloid, but a, a mass circulation, sort of three million circulation paper, um, I um, happened to, to, have a, to receive a phone call from a source, an inside source on a, a breaking story in Gloucester, which is a city about a hundred miles from London, west of London, and uh, there was this breaking story, this murder story, and, and my inside source told me this is far bigger than anyone knew. It was a story of serial murder, mass mass murder involving a husband and wife, killing multiple victims, including two of their own children, who sadly the the victims have been cut up and buried nine of them under the, this house where the family lived and they were, they'd lived there for years and the secret had been going on for years and it was finally all coming to light. And so as a result of that call, I then 
embarked upon two years of work on this story. I was breaking stories as a journalist. And then I got a book deal and I wrote this book called Fred and Rose and covered it. And the book was a best-selling book in the UK um, and made me, I guess, change my life, really. It made me a writer, maybe maybe enough money to leave journalism, become an author. And then in the States, so then I, my next book was a biography of Charles Bukowski, the Californian poet, um, which was published in America by Grove Press in New York. And I've written, and I've published many books in the States, biographies of Bob Dylan and people. So uh, different kinds of subjects. But this just this first book was a crime subject because I was just lucky, actually, to get this phone call and to have this inside source. Gotcha. And uh, how did your investigation start to how did it begin and how did it unravel? Because I don't think at the, the beginning of this case, people did not perceive the enormity of the criminal actions of Fred and Rose West. Yeah, well, they'd lived this secret. They lived this double life for years. They were mass murderers. They were child abusers, sexual abusers, um, and killers. It'd be going on for donkey's years, way back, went back to the 60s, this case. But ostensibly, they were this apparently normal couple. In fact, they were quite well-known and quite popular in their street. So they had this facade of normality. And Fred West, the, the husband, was a sort of friendly, jokey character, a local handyman, very well known and, and quite well liked. Um, but this was a facade. Behind this facade, they were, there was this secret life going on. And it started all the way back in from his early days. There were these disappearances that had occurred. And they also lived uh, in Scotland as well. Can you talk about the kind of the beginnings of this House of Horrors or what became the House of Horrors? Yeah, so the Fred and, Fred and Rose West are very interesting people. Um, they're very unusual people. And what I did, I, I went back and investigated their lives um, using a little tape recorder. Um, so I went around the country speaking to people who knew them and their parents and their grandparents and building up the sort of the biography of their lives. And then these tapes, these little tapes I created for the as research for my book, really. Um, 25 years later, we've used these tapes as the basis of the podcast because they have an archive quality. And, it, and so you hear the original voices of the people. But in brief, Fred was a, a country boy. He was from, from a very pretty little village, a beautiful little English, you know, the, the prettiest English village you can imagine with a lovely church and you know, rolling hills and trees, you know, gorgeous, lovely little pub. Uh, but his parents were sort of farm workers. And there's a there's a strong suggestion of sexual abuse in this family going back generations out in the country. So despite the beautiful setting, there was sexual abuse. And one of the first things that happened in Fred's life of real importance is that he was accused of having sex with his own sister and getting her pregnant. And that's when the first alarm bell started to ring. Uh, and then on Rose's side, she was from Devon, seaside village. Um, she, but she had a very strange family background. Her, her father was a, a violent schizophrenic. Her mother suffered severe depression, was having ECT therapy when, when, when she was pregnant with Rose. And Rose was probably also sexually abused as a child. Rose was quite a bit younger than Fred. There was a 15-year age difference. Um, sorry, 12-year age difference. And um, 
and then they, when they met, they were they became this sort of explosive combination. They were both strange, sexually strange people, and he was probably the, corrupting her. She was willing to be corrupted, and then together they embarked on this career of abusing young girls for their own pleasure. And he, but Fred, before he met Rose, he had been married to another woman. Is that correct? Yeah, so because Fred's quite a bit older than Rose, he'd had this other life before he even met her, and he'd married a, a Scottish girl called Rena Costello from Glasgow, and um, he'd had this life with Rena, and then there were two children with Rena, um, one of whom um, essentially Rose, the second wife, killed, and then when Rena came came looking for her daughter, Fred killed Rena. So two of the first victims are are Rena and her daughter, and one of and a friend of Rena's. So these are the really early victims in the 1960s, um, and this all happens really before Rose is on the scene, or just as Rose comes on the scene. And Rose is just a teenage girl at the time, 15, 16, but Fred's a man of 26, 27, something like that. And wasn't there also uh, reported disappearances of women when Fred was in Scotland when he was living in Glasgow? Is that true? Yeah. Um, um, so like many such cases of serial killers, there's always the suggestion, the belief often that there are other victims. Um, but we don't necessarily know who they are because they weren't we just never you know we never found them, sadly. And when Fred was living in Glasgow, obviously many people go missing every year in big cities and Glasgow's no different. And But Fred said a few things, sort of dropped a few hints that in retrospect sounds sinister, that maybe he was killing in Glasgow, but there are no confirmed victims. Uh, he had this plot of land which he used as an allotment, like a little place where he would grow vegetables. Um, and there's a suggestion that maybe he buried things at this this plot, but no one knows because subsequently this plot was was redeveloped for a, a motorway, a freeway, and there's a massive road that that you know, thirteen lane highway goes right over this place where Fred supposedly grew vegetables and maybe did something else as well. And what what year did he and his his wife move to Gloucester? That's about a hundred miles west, closer to Bristol, I would say. But when did they move down there, and how long did they live there before the first discovery of the first body? Well, Fred grew up just down the road from Gloucester. So the village where Fred grew up is just about um, twenty minute drive from Gloucester. Um, and Rose, Rose's family moved to a village also nearby, but they moved together into a little flat in Gloucester, um, which is a, a cathedral city. You know, it's uh, quite a pretty little place, a beautiful old cathedral, ancient cathedral um, in, let me see, 19, 1970, 71, thereabouts. And the discovery of the, the first body was 94, correct? So that was 25 years that they were living there and... Uh, just developing this this horror show of uh, a household. I mean, and they also rented out their house. Is that correct? 
Well, they took in lodgers, so they moved. So, so then they moved to this house, twenty-five Cromwell Street, which is the really infamous house, what became known as the House of Horrors. So it's a, a narrow, three-story, um, semi-detached house in the middle of Gloucester. Um, so right, right in the city centre. And although the house wasn't that big, uh, Fred, who was a, a kind of a jobbing builder he subdivided the rooms um, to make little bed sitting rooms, like studio rooms, and they would take in lodgers to help pay the bills. But actually, this was also a way of, of bringing young women into the household, and quite a few of the victims were actually lodgers. So these were often young women from perhaps difficult backgrounds, maybe they weren't happy at home, maybe they'd been in care, and they found their way to Cromwell Street. The rent was very low. Fred and Rose appeared to be very open-minded and anything went. And a few of these girls actually, sadly, were murdered and they never left. They, 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 they moved in as lodgers and they ended up dead and buried under the, in the cellar. And he, he had a really harsh temper and was also involved in incest and all kinds of other proclivities that very disturbing proclivities can you talk about him and his wife and their their antics well the whole thing is i mean like many most indeed i i would i would say um uh cases of serial murder um the whole thing is motivated by sex it's all about sex and and so fred had a had a sort of perverted lust for violent sex and um, bondage sex um and not in a kind of jokey you know tie me up with with um joke cufflinks type bondage but a kind of bondage till you die type bondage and rose also bought into this rose rose was bisexual and she probably um she was a prostitute um so she she had no real boundaries and and they both seem to enjoy abusing young girls including children including their own children um and sadly that sometimes ended in death um but there was also a great deal of child abuse in, within the household and and this probably this seems to to be a generational thing because as i said years before fred was probably involved in incest and probably so was Rose as well. Yeah, so it's like a disturbing group. It's, it reminds me of some of these other husband and wife serial killers that came to mind was the Homolka, um, Bernardo in Canada, where they just, those personalities together made just a horror, another kind of horror show. But uh, the, can you talk about how he, he seemed to be skilled at disappearing. He had a bunch of excuses of where these, people disappeared and, and it seems like a lot of people believed it how did he get away with it for so long well uh, it's a good question um i think um a lot of people saw as we hear in this podcast series so I, I interviewed lots of people who were in the house and and knew the couple and and they say that oh we heard screaming we saw children with bruises um people disappeared <laughs> Um, members of the family disappeared. And, you know, you one asked the question, I asked the question in the series, unheard. I say, well, didn't you call the police? Didn't you think you should call the police? And they they tend to give very weak answers. Oh, 
I was just young myself. I didn't think the police would believe me. Um, you know, I had no proof. I mean, of course, looking back, it seems obvious that they should have gone to the police. But I think like so many of these cases, the people involved and the people around them are essentially inadequate. You know, they're not really stand up citizens themselves. And there's a lot of petty criminality um, and people probably doing things they shouldn't be doing, maybe some petty drugs some thieving. Um, and people they're not the sort of people who would go to the police. Um, that, that, that wouldn't be their first instinct. But there are some extraordinary examples of the things that Fred and Rose did. I mean, for instance, the children, because they were so abused, were often taken to hospital. I mean, there's 31 instances of the West children being taken to hospital in emergencies with all sorts of extraordinary uh, injuries, stabbings. One child was hit with a sledgehammer by Fred. And yet somehow their parents explained this away but by, by, by pretending to be loving parents and the kids were terrified into silence because they were basically told that if they spoke about what really went on, they'd be murdered. And, and that, in fact, had happened to one of their, their siblings and she was buried in the back garden. Yeah, so they knew it and they, they were skilled at hospital shopping. So they would take the kid to a different hospital. Like it was very just incredibly sinister to their old children. And they had something like eight kids from various different relationships at one time, something like that. It was hard for me to keep track about how many children. Oh, it, it, I mean, it, I find it difficult. I mean, despite having worked on this story for 25 years, I, there's about 10 children but no one really knows, and they're not—they're not all by the same mother and father. So Rose has children with other men, Fred has children with other women, and you know there's a whole menage of children, um, and they come and they go. Um, and indeed, sadly, two of them are murdered. And they're trying to get out. I mean, it's heartbreaking to listen to the tapes on Unheard and listen to people talking about Heather like she wanted to get out and she was looking for a job. Uh, at a summer camp or something like that. And then she just disappeared and Fred had an excuse and it's his own kid. I mean, it's just devastating. It's, it's terrifying. So um, did, was there any rumors of them like being into the kind of BDSM community or were they, were they underground? Like there were some stories you talked about, about him and his brother. And it seems like there were, there were, so many sketchy aspects to their lives. I'm surprised that they were never... Oh, he was in jail too, right? Wasn't Fred in jail at one time? And one of the murders happened while he was in jail. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I mean, Fred was also just a petty criminal. He was just somebody who would steal, who wouldn't pay his taxes, uh, who would bypass the electricity meter to steal electricity from the, the, the mains, as it were. So he was just a you know a, an everyday crook but low level low level crook um uh, as well as being a murderer and a child molester um and he was and indeed when he was in prison in 1971 for theft just just serving a short sentence that's when his his stepdaughter charmaine who was eight years old that was the, the a daughter of, by that was his first wife's child by another man Charmaine, very pretty little girl. She was left in the care of Rose, 
who was only 16 at the time. So this is right at the start of their relationship. And she, then Charmaine disappears, just disappears from the face of the earth. And then tw 25 years later, she's, her remains are dug up from, a, from behind the flat where they lived. Um, and the forensic expert, uh, the dentist, the forensic dentist who worked on the case was able to tell by the development of her, of her teeth almost precisely when she went missing because the teeth gr grow at a certain rate in childhood and when you and when a child dies the teeth stop growing and and he could pinpoint to within a month more or less when this child died and 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 the child died when fred was in prison and one of the interesting things is that fred who gave confessions garrulous confessions to the police he confessed to killing charmaine but that was almost certainly a lie which he told in order to protect Rose, who probably killed her alone, because Fred, one aspect of this thing is that it's a love story. Fred and Rose were really in love with each other, and Fred was besotted with Rose, and ultimately Fred kind of laid his life down for Rose. So he said he took the rap for it all. He said, oh, I, you know, it was all me. Rose knew nothing. Um, but that's probably, that's probably a almost certainly a lie. She probably knew as much as he did, but he wanted to protect her. And so those are those are his confessions all taped? Are those available? Uh, his confessions are taped. They're not available. I mean, I've got the transcripts and there's a little bit of audio in the series in episode one of him uh, confessing. So you do hear his voice in the in the show. Um, but very little of it um, is in the public domain. I mean, I, I, I've, I've got the transcripts and I, I've heard all these confessions because I, I attended the trial where they were played. Oh, the um, but they're not they're not generally available. Where was the trial? Did it take place at the Old Bailey? No. Well, it, it, it could have been the Old Bailey. That was one of the suggestions, which, of course, is the, the great court in the UK in London. But it was considered to be too far away to bring all the witnesses. There were 60 plus witnesses. So but they couldn't have it in Gloucester because everybody in Gloucester obviously had an opinion uh, about this case. So they, they they went down the road to Winchester, another cathedral city where there's a there's a very large court built for terrorist trials, IRA trials in the 70s. And they held it there. So it's a large high security court. And that's where Rose was tried. Fred wasn't tried because Fred hanged himself in prison before the trial. I see. And so what happened? What was Rose's? Uh, was she given a life sentence? And is she still in jail? Yeah. So she was tried for 10 murders. Uh, she pleaded not guilty to every charge. And she was found six week trial. As I say, I was there every day. And she was found guilty on every count. And she was given what they call in the UK a whole life tariff, which means that she will never be released. So we don't have the death penalty in the UK. And in fact, generally speaking, a, mur a murder conviction, you'll probably get out in 25 years. But there are a handful of people in the UK who have a whole life tariff. And that means they will never get out. But there's very, very few of them. Yeah, it's like five or 10. I think it's very. Yeah. Very and, I, and at the time, she was only the second woman in Britain after Myra Hindley, the infamous Moore's murderess, who's now died. And, and, and at the time, Rose West was, a, was the second person in the UK to get a whole life tariff. 
And what uh, can you talk a little bit about? I, I, there was rumors, or somebody I heard on the the grapevine that there was potential that they cut up these bodies, but also that there might have been ingestion of some of the body parts. Did you ever hear anything like that? Well, I think that's one of the theories. I mean, um, we don't really know because, of course, only Fred and Rose know uh, what happened in that moment. But what we do know is that when when the police and the forensic experts found these human remains years later, and they were just bones by that stage, and they and they were all chopped up and jumbled up, so they weren't bodies being discovered. These are bones in pits in the ground. The flesh is all decomposed, but there, there's some bits of clothing. Maybe there's some there's evidence of bondage of of of, of ropes, etc. But the really remarkable thing is that in every single instance, all 12 victims, the skeletons were incomplete. And in fact, dozens and dozens of bones are missing, mostly fingers and toes, but also quite large bones, I mean, quite big bones. And these aren't missing because the police failed to find them. They were absolutely meticulous, as you can imagine. I mean, they sieved the earth, but they just weren't there. So obviously Fred and Rose removed these body parts and disposed of them in some other way. No one knows what they did with them. One of the speculative theories is possibly they, that there was some cannibalism. I mean, it's not impossible. There's no evidence of it, but it's not impossible. I mean, it's also possible that it was just a kind of a, a dreadful torture situation and they just sadly threw these body parts away i mean they could have put them in the rubbish no one knows or they could have buried them somewhere else i mean they could they might be somewhere else which we've just we don't know the location of these body parts and you talked to one of fred west's son i mean i thought that was one of the fascinating aspects of your podcast is here's him saying that my dad was never normal and uh can you talk about some of the other impressions the children of them of the west's had about their parents well, yes. I mean, I, I've I've had um, relationships on with some of the children over a long period of time, and but they're quite difficult, fractured relationships because these people have had very strange lives, and they're quite strange themselves. Um, but I mean, and the, and the West children are really victims in this whole thing. So many of the children were sexually abused. And they were also, of course, terrified that they would be murdered by their parents. And even if they weren't sexually abused, they were beaten. So uh, you're referring to a boy called Steve, who was Fred and Rose's eldest son. Um, and Steve, I don't, Steve doesn't talk about sexual abuse, but he talks about being viciously beaten by his parents. Uh, and he's obviously, he's he's not a, He's not a normal person. He's, he's actually a very intelligent person. He's very well spoken. But tragically, as we find out in the last episode, we haven't got to this episode yet. So it's 12 episodes. We're halfway through the series. But there's a kind of surprise in episode 12 when you discover what happened to Steve. And it's rather a sad story. Um, but, you, you know, of course, if you had if you grew up in this sort of house with these sort of parents, you're not going to be a normal person yourself. Right. And uh, did you ever get the feeling that other people knew and were keeping quiet, that some people knew that they were actually murdering people, like his brother? Or uh, did you get any hint that maybe other people were involved? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, 
how much other people knew, I really don't know. Whether other people were, were knew about murder and whether they, other people were involved in murder, Fred, Fred said they were. And Fred said his brother was, his brother John. There were three brothers. Um, but Fred was a liar and a fantasist. He just made stuff up. So you can't believe what Fred says. But I do tend to, and I had, I had an encounter with John, with the brother John West, which is also in the podcast. You may not, we may not have got to that episode yet, but he, he basically, he attacked me. I went to speak to him and he physically attacked me and that's in the show. So I had a tape recorder running in my pocket at the time. And so you can hear wow. this scuffle when he's trying to beat me up. Um, but he ultimately went on trial for sexual abuse, uh, crimes of sexual abuse linked with Cromwell Street. Um, so, but I mean, generally speaking, um, William, I, I'm, I would say that quite a few people knew quite a lot, but for whatever reason, because they were involved or because they were scared or because they were inadequate in some, in various ways, they just didn't do the right thing. Yeah, that's terrifying. So a lot of people lost their lives because of uh, probably just not knowing what to do in those circumstances. Um, did you ever get the feeling that, that Fred West was networked in any way in a kind of an underground or in contact with other people? Were there anything that he was trading in, in pictures or anything? Did you get a hint of anything like that? I, I think on a very low level, on a very low level with sort of guys that there, he, he had various jobs and there were guys at work and I'm sure there was pornography and there was more than pornography, you know, maybe come round and, you know, have sex with the children type thing. I mean, it's that, it's that kind of thing. Um, but it's all on a kind of very low level. I, there's no great conspiracy. There's no network of sinister child molesters of which Fred, wrote, Fred, Fred West is one. I mean, this is a very, on, on some levels, he's, he's a cunning person um, and his wife is cunning or was cunning, is cunning, but he's not a sophisticated person. And, you know, he, and of course, this is many years ago. This is way before the internet and all the rest of it. So they're operating on a pretty basic level. And I mean, for instance, Rose was a prostitute and the way that she advertised for clients is that she put a little advert in a magazine with a picture of herself and her phone number and said, give me a call. So that's how it worked. It was pretty basic. Basic, interesting. And what was the effect once the, the totality or enormity of these crimes uh, were realized in the UK? What was the effect and was there any effect upon the legal system or child uh, protection services, anything like that? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was an absolutely huge case. It's, it's hard to, you know, I can't overemphasize what a big story it was in the UK because serial murder, of course, you're probably more familiar with it in America because you're a much larger com country. So we've got a smaller population and, we, you know, we have much tighter gun controls and so forth. And serial murder is very, very, very unusual in the UK. Um, and in, so, for instance, all the experts, the police, the forensics people who worked on the West case, whom I got to know, and they were amongst the, the top people in the country, none of them had ever worked on a serial murder story before because they're just that, they're so unusual. Um, but lots of issues came up in the case. I mean, the media, and I was part of this, the, the media were involved in uh, buying stories and there was a and, and lots of witnesses and potential witnesses were offered money for their stories because you know, thousands and thousands of pounds. 
because it was such a huge story and that almost derailed the trial. Um, some there was some some very controversial witnesses. And then, of course, there was this whole thing about how did the West get away with it for so long? And for instance, when little Charmaine went missing in back in 1971, um, the West told her school that she'd just gone gone away to live in London with her mother. But nobody bothered to check. And it seemed extraordinary that a child. But in, but in fact, the system for years was that if a child simply disappeared from a primary school and the parents said, oh, you know, little Mary's gone to live with her, 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 her aunt or something. Nobody bothered to check. And as a result, she was dead for 25 years before anyone knew. That's just incredible. Um, well, we're getting towards the end of the interview. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Again, the title of your podcast is Unheard, the Fred and Rose West Tapes. Is there anything I missed? Anything you'd like to add? Well, just to remind listeners that um, uh, the, the, the podcast comes out of my work on the book. The book is Fred and Rose, which you can buy in, in America. It's available in the States. Um, and so researching the book, I created the tapes and the tapes have never been heard before. The quality of the, some of the tapes is a little scratchy because it was just done on a cheap dictaphone. Um, but I think the sort of documentary value of them is really powerful. And also, we've also done new interviews with new witnesses you know, using proper modern digital professional equipment. So some of the some of the interviews are very clear, very good quality. Some of them are slightly difficult to hear. And of course, they're British accents and they're regional accents. So you have to kind of pay attention. But I think if you do, you'll really get a powerful firsthand impression of a very, very unusual British murder story. Yeah, and I think it's really worthwhile because it kind of puts you in that time and place and, you know, transports you to when you're doing that investigation. So I think it's it's riveting. It's really riveting audio. I loved listening to the first six, and I intend on listening to the next six episodes that come out. Again, the name is Howard Soons, spelled S-O-U-N-E-S. His book is available on Amazon, and please go subscribe to his podcast on iTunes or any other podcast uh, place such as iHeartRadio. The title of it again is Unheard, the Fred and Rose West Tapes. Thank you very much. Thanks, William. All right. All right. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now.